Good morning. My opening this morning is inspired by an article I read recently, so none of these ideas are original to me, but it, uh, it blessed me, and so I would like to you know, use a brief version of it. Today I would like to talk about the marks of true repentance by examining the life of the Apostle Paul. The Bible says, as for Paul, he made havoc of the church, or Saul, sorry, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hauling men and women, committing them to prison, Acts 8.3. Saul relentlessly chased and captured Christians, demonstrating a lack of empathy, understanding of their beliefs, and no desire to even try to understand their beliefs. His heartless deeds, such as organizing the stoning of believers like Stephen or forcibly incarcerating them, undeniably revealed a deep-seated hatred for the Christian community, potentially fueled by envy. Before his conversion to Christianity, we see a lot of arrogance from him. Saul claimed that there was no one better than him at, at having confidence in the flesh. He writes in Philippians 3, verses 4 through 6, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Here we see that Saul regarded himself as spiritually superior, superior likely harboring a tendency to, to condescend to others and choosing to associate only with those he considered to have a similar level of spiritual standing. Based upon these scriptures, it would seem apparent that Saul, prior to his transformation into Paul, exhibited considerable pride. The extent of his pride remains known only to God. The depth of his pride, underscored by his involvement in the persecution of Christians, notably witnessed in his approval of the stoning of Stephen. The act of people placing their cloaks at Saul's feet, a gesture rooted in historical context, reflects a show of respect of his authority and a strategic approach to seeking his approval. Now, I'm sure we all know the story, but one day a very angry Saul strides into the synagogue to see the high priest. Acts 9, verses 1 and 2 tell us, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest. And desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. Saul is uh, granted the letters he desires. He gathers some men to help him, and he strikes out for Damascus. As he nears Damascus, there is suddenly a blinding light from heaven, shining all around him, and Saul falls to the ground and hears a voice out of the light, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to, to kick against the pricks. And he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul rose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand, and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, neither did eat nor drink. Saul loses his physical vision just as his spiritual eyes are beginning to open. This sudden blindness serves as a metaphor for the way he has been living up until this pivotal moment. And here is the beginning of Saul's transformation into Paul. Following his encounter with Christ, Paul embarks on an ongoing journey of transformation. The change was sparked by the encounter, but lasting transformation came through Paul's dedication to working out his salvation. 
As Jesus pointed out, one can discern a tree by its fruits. So now let's explore the fruits that Paul produced as evidence of his genuine repentance and transformation. One, choosing to repent. Paul, by making a conscious decision to repent and embrace a new path in Christ, initiated the first step toward his transformed life. Two, developing self-awareness. A practical mark of true repentance is the development of self-awareness about the gravity of one's condition. Paul writes in 1 Timothy 1, 12 to 16, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Realizing the harm he had caused, Paul accurately described his wrongdoings without justifying or minimizing any of them. Number three is humility and submission. The truly repentant individual will acknowledge their past behavior in humility and submit themselves to the guidance of others, just as Paul recognized the value inside, valuable insight the apostles had to offer and submitted himself to them. The fourth mark is empathy and ad advocacy. Paul shifted his focus from self-centeredness and understanding the effect of his actions his actions had and still have on those around him. Paul saw how his actions had affected the believers and began to actively support the cause he had tried so hard to destroy. Fifth is an absence of boasting and arrogance. True repentance will resent any urge to boast about oneself, to puff oneself up, make oneself superior, or act condescendingly to others. They will make an active effort to overcome arrogance and pride and instead display humility, fallibility, and knowledge of humanity. Number six is a trust in the testimony of others. True repentance is characterized by a willingness to acknowledge and appreciate the testimony of others who can speak to one's character and actions. It involves letting go of any sense of entitlement to ex acceptance or forgiveness from others. Number seven is to lay off the old man. A practical outcome of genuine repentance would be ceasing to exhibit traits such as anger, lack of empathy, and arrogance. Instead, a sincere turn away from old ways, acknowledging the reprehensible nature of previous attitudes and behaviors. And finally, number eight, no strings attached service. Paul intentionally refrained from charging people for his ministry and chose to support himself by working as a tent maker. Choosing to serve others freely and selflessly means offering assistance without expecting anything in return. In stark contrast to serving with the intention of exploiting people or anticipating payback. These basic marks of true repentance show what genuine repentance and change should look like in the individual.